Hi guys, I'm Becky. And I'm Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! Woo! <laughs> yes, so this is the podcast where we talk about things about uh, musical and theater, and in today's episode, we will be talking about Legally Blonde. Okay, so before we start with the synopsis and everything of the show, I just mm-hmm. want to say, like, my history with Legally Blonde, and then Claire, you can also tell your history with Legally history. Blonde. History, okay. History. Sorry, okay, it's not like a very detailed history, but it's history. So um, Legally Blonde came out in 2001, and obviously we were too young to watch it in theater or anything like that. So I first watched it, I think, like when I was uh, early tweens, and I really fell in love with the musical. Like, it's something that I watch over and over again. We had it on DVD at home. Um, yeah. So we watched it over and over again, um, and I just really, really enjoyed the plot. Um, and in terms of the musical... The musical was produced actually pretty shortly after in 2007. So like literally six year gap between the movie and the musical. And you can see how much success the movie had in order for it to be produced this quickly. This is actually the last musical that I've seen before quarantine. And Claire and I actually went to see together. It's the last musical we went to see together. Production for the Hard House, uh, UFT. I, I really enjoyed it thoroughly and it's to this day, one of my favorite musicals. So this is my history with Legally Blonde. Claire, tell us yours. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't really quite remember when was the first time I watched it. I definitely watched the movie first when I was a kid. I didn't really actually pick up much from the movie outside the fact that it was, it seemed so easy to get in Harvard. So at the time, I thought all you need (laughs) was a really cool video of you coming out of the pool. So for for people who watched the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So that's when I thought, like, oh, that's all it took? I didn't understand what, you know, like, 175 on LSATs mean. I don't understand what's a 4.0 GPA. So I talked to my parents, and I'm like, ah, I want to get into Harvard. And they're like, no, I had no way. the same moment, by the way. Really? I literally <laughs> But anyways, um, I didn't really quite remember much from the movie after that first watch, which happened like years and years ago. Um, and then after that, I honestly didn't even know that I had a musical until the day that Becky brought up to me and said that we should go and watch this U of T production. And I'm like, huh. I didn't even know that there was a musical about this, but okay, sure, why not? I love musicals anyways. And we went to watch it. I had zero expectation. Obviously, my bad history about not ever watching or listening anything about the play before I go to see them means that I did not even know what songs were included in the musicals. But it was a delight surprise because it was so well made. Even though it was only a university Mm -hmm. production, it was so impressive. So I was stunned away. And obviously with, you know, the plan of doing this whole episode, I've go back and watch it several times, really falling in love with the songs and um, the energy of the musical. Like, where has it been? You know, all those years, I didn't even Mm -hmm. know that it exists. So shame on me, but here I am. So it's never too late, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's never too late to enjoy yourself. Exactly. Um, Okay. So after we discuss this, we can segue into the proper discussion of the songs. So um, we open up with a song, Oh My God, You Guys. And I think that's a really good way to open the musical. Like, it gives you a really good idea of, like, where Elle is 
currently in her life. So it starts out actually not with Elle, just like in the movie. So we will be referencing the movie and like comparing, contrasting them throughout this discussion. But in the movie, you like don't get to see Elle properly. You get to see snippets of Elle and you juxtapose that with like the sorority and the life um, that she has like as part of the university um, all around her. And then here you actually start with sorority girls and they're talking about um, the engagement that I was looking forward to. Um, the set design is really, really nice. The early 2000 fashion is really iconic there. And yeah, I, I really liked, I guess, that they tried to inject more diversity in the musical because in the movie, everybody was white. They, they, they made an effort and I commend them for that at least. Um, what do you think about it, Claire? I actually didn't really like it, to be honest. I thought it was such a loud <laughs> song. I mean, energy-wise, like, as an opening song, I feel like the opening songs to a musical is important because it really sets the tone of what the audience should be expecting from the musicals. And I think this one is definitely has that sort of level of energy that you will see throughout the musical. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it credits for that. But musically... It's super loud, and I'm not used to all the, like, scrolly screams and stuff. So, like, <laughs> I'll say, like, when I watched it with you, Becky, um, uh-huh. in U of T, yes. I was actually quite surprised or shocked, even, because it was so <laughs> loud. Oh, and um, you definitely can see that they're all very excited about, I don't know, like, the potential engagement, and they're excited for L. They're, like, picking the outfit and things like that, which is all great. But I guess because I'm not a very girly girl, so mm-hmm. it's, in a way, like, it kind of gets me this, like, what is going on vibe. <laughs> that That's very fair. Uh, personally, I really like uh, poppy, upbeat, very happy, loud music. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it worked really well. I thought it was really, really cute. I really vibed with it. But uh, totally, I understand, like, if you're not familiar with it, it will totally come out of nowhere. Like, it's not what you usually think about when you think about musicals, I feel. Uh, it has a different tone than most, like, classically show tunes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And I also really like the set. I thought the set was really cute. Like, they had a, a house, a multi-tiered house. And it had, like, functional windows. And the opening scene is, like, uh, three of the sorority, the, the Delta knew the Greek chorus, the girls who would play the Greek chorus later on, they like burst open the windows and they like show their face and start singing. And I thought that was like a very engaging way to open. Mm-hmm. They, they did a really good job with the set and with the outfits. So I guess that moves us to the next song, Serious. So as soon as like Elle finishes getting ready, we cut to uh, Warner who enters the sorority girl house and... Um, they go to the restaurant. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty iconic restaurant. Elle obviously is very excited. She thinks she's going to propose to. And they have a very funny, um, I guess, dialogue where Warner says stuff is very, like, ambiguous. Like, obviously, he means that he wants to break up, but Elle completely misunderstands. And she's like, he's going to propose to me. Um, and when the misunderstanding comes to light and he's breaking up with her, obviously, she's crushed. Mm-hmm. And Warner explains why he can't stay together with Elle uh, in the song Serious. So baby, give me your hand I've got some dreams to make true I've got the future all planned It's time to get serious Time to get serious with you 
personally, I actually really like this song. Yeah, I thought it was a really fun song to listen to. Um, I really like what they did with um, Warner's character here, to be honest. Um, I feel like this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I really like what they do to his character in relation to his relationship with Elle in the musical. So in the movie, mm-hmm. at least the image or the impression that I got was that he comes up more as like, this like heartless jerk who mm. kind of let Elle on for three years, knowing that she expects, like, what she expects from this relationship, but no intention of delivering it just for the sake of having a good time. Like, he disregarding her feelings um, just so that he could enjoy the university life. And mm-hmm. part of me re- never really understood why Elle would fall in love with Warner because even like the breakup scene in the restaurant in the movie it comes up as like Warner is this he's just not really emphasizing with Elle's feelings mm-hmm. but in the musical however he shows more empathy he says things like um I talked to my parents about it and that it kind of just leads me to think that he does have feelings for her or at least like mostly genuine at the point Mm -hmm. of the story but ultimately like his ambitions and dreams I guess proved to be more important after all I like the musical version of one or more because of that um and I guess like the movie version of it it serves to underscore her delusion and this highlight character development of Elle later on into the story but she is such like a smart person that I just never really understand how she wouldn't see through all this fakeness and all this like things that Warner was pretending in a movie. I'd love to talk about this because um, I agree with you. So in the movie, uh, compared to the musical, in the musical they try to humanize him more. But then they also go like, oh, she starts singing to try to be his equal about this like... Uh, proposal before like he breaks it up to her that they're going to break up and he's like honey I'm not finished that's really showing that like there is disregard to who she is as a person like he's obviously taking the forefront but so, I-, I guess that's where I th- like I really think like Warner in the musical like he comes off like a more conflicted person between mm-hmm. like what he should be and what he really is I really do believe that he like some part of him at least resonate more with Elle than he is with Vivian. I guess like in just in a musical, like you can see that he has this part where he is still kind of like fun loving underneath it all. And it makes mm-hmm. sense that he would have generally fallen for Elle while he was at, I guess, UCLA at the time. And you can see a sort of like a chemistry between them that wasn't there in the movie, at least in my opinion, that he was genuinely drawn to her. Like, in, I guess in my, in my opinion, like, it just explains, like, why this smart, sweet, romantic L would fall for him in the first place. So here's the thing, like, um, the way I view it, in the movie it's much more obvious than in the musical. In the musical they try to characterize him differently, as you said. Um, I disagree with the characterization, or at least I see it differently, I guess. Um, I think, personally... When you see later on, I guess, in a different part where Elle's getting got the alibi from uh, Brooke that uh, like the like in a movie, Warner said, uh, who cares if you betray her trust? So I feel like that makes him a pretty manipulative person. The fact that he goes so quickly from uh, Vivian to Elle and stuff like that uh, also really drives drives it home for me that he's just a manipulative person. He just like 
he uses people as he see fit um and something that fit with him when he was an undergrad and he wanted to get a university experience and elevate that university experience to a T he decided not to pursue her anymore because she doesn't fit the vibe that he's going for afterwards he wanted somebody who is a Jackie and not a Marilyn and uh, Ella's a Marilyn uh, at economy that we'll see later on as well um, and he got together with a Jackie very quickly afterwards but I totally see him as manipulative just because he He had very little attachment to somebody who he was together with for a very long time, you'd assume, because Elle thought he was proposing. So he was probably with her for at least like a good year. And he moved um, like really quickly. He moved on really quickly. Oh, I'm not saying uh, that he's not a jerk. I think like, oh, all no, no, those but things I'm saying... that he did is great because it gives him like death without excusing how he treats Elle and just like all his like jerk traits. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess like it just explains like in my mind at least like it explains like why Elle would have fall for um for Warner because in the musical at least that you can see some part of him that is more humanized and that it shows a little bit more caring in the so loving I part uh-huh. completely I think okay. the what's showing in the movie at the musical is that he's manipulative so the fact that he's Uh, willing to switch so easily the fact that he has disregard for uh, people's trust and people's feeling like what happened with the alibi when he says who cares uh, about like revealing Brooke's secret and like completely destroying her career um, and other behavior that he has throughout the musical uh, really shows that he has basically disregard to feelings and if you're manipulative it's pretty easy for you as long as there are no like very huge conflicts between you and the person and all seems like a pretty easy gun person um, To just fake it you don't have to be seriously in love with her or um, in order to like just be in the relationship I don't think I think he can just like oh you know this is convenient for me now and by blaming his parents he is actually trying to shift her anger or her frustration not from him not to him but to his parents so he's running away from the responsibility of being in this relationship so I think you give him much more of a benefit of that than That I do I see him as a pretty manipulative person in here in comparison to the musical uh, the movie where he was just like flat out a jerk I guess yeah and it really have anything like more to him besides like being a self-advancing jerk um, but in here I also see him as a bit manipulative that's definitely fair I guess like I'm, I'm not saying that he was a good guy I'm just saying that I like what the musical did to his character at least uh, it's yeah. a little bit more you Um, it makes a little bit more sense at least and also like in uh, in his solo song series um, he gets like a very comedic take um, he's like totally coming out of nowhere when um, they had like a, a really sad moment and like they had a bit of a conversation I was like I'm seriously in love with you and stuff like that um, and he tells her about his parents and then out of nowhere he belts out like serious like a very like show to any way and it's so over the top it's really funny um even though the moment is really really like serious I guess and sad mm-hmm. so yeah overall we both agree very nice song um so moving on we cut to daughter of Delson new we find out it's been 12 days later and Elle is sad <laughs> as you can imagine um it's not very like narratively it has some substance but Um, you get to see like you know the sorority sister trying to cheer her up like giving her magazines and stuff like that but it doesn't have much substance uh, melodically so the next one is what you want 
So as I mentioned, uh, the sorority sister is trying to cheer up Elle by giving her magazines. And while flipping through the magazines, Elle sees that uh, Warner's brother uh, got married to his girlfriend who um, was in Yale Law School. And she's like, that's what I need to do. I need to be serious. I need to be lawyerly. Mm-hmm. So she decides to go to Harvard Law. I like the song mainly, mostly. Uh, there was only one part of it that I was like, mm, it's not for me. So you get to see Elle preparing for the LSAT uh, and studying really hard until she gets the desired score. She needs to get at least 174, I believe. And in the movie, she got 179. The LSAT is one of, out of 180. So she got an almost perfect score in the movie. In the musical, she got 175 which is, again, a fantastic score. But I don't know why they lowered a mark like this for absolutely no reason. Maybe it rhymed with the song better. Um, but I was a bit miffed. It's like, um, she can do better than that. Um, <laughs> oh, what a small thing you pick up. That's interesting. It, it, it wanted to. But <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, I think, like, um, mm. what is really heartwarming for me in this song is that when um, Elle says that she wants to go to the law school, none of yeah. the sisters discourage her. Like, they just make sure that she knows how hard it is and um, in, to be mentally prepared of um, what, the, what sort of hard work that would require. But never once they imply that Elle wouldn't be able to do it or that is a bad or weird idea. So they're all just purely supportive, which I absolutely love. Agreed, 100%. Um, and also, you get to see, I guess, more of her world. You get to meet her parents. And her mm-hmm. parents, again, just question that this is something that she really wants to do. But they don't discourage her. They don't tell her, you can't do this. Um, they're like, I will support you if you get in. Um, so if this is what you want to do, we will be there for you. Um, so she not only gets that from her sorority sisters, um, she also gets that from her parents, which I think is really important. And it's a huge change for her later on to be in such a supportive environment where everybody is truly in her, like has her back to mm-hmm. going to such a cutthroat, like backstabby environment uh, once she gets into Harvard. Hmm. So one one thing I, I was curious about so the uh spring fling beer bash extreme i think that was the the name of it um that existed in the movie but it was greek week which uh greek life is like obviously sorority life that's why they're using sorority and fraternity life that's why they're using like the greek alphabet and stuff like that here they changed it to jamaican me crazy so it's like a jamaican theme the person rapping was a white guy (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that. Um, I don't know if any anybody from like the Jamaican or like black community has any thoughts on it or if it offended them, but it's something that I noticed. Um, I wondered why they made the change. For me, musically, I didn't enjoy the bubblegum pop with the rapping that they had there. So this is the part that I didn't enjoy. Um, but I just noticed like that they made this arbitrary change for no reason and had it played by a white guy rapping rather than just like having diversity. So why mm-hmm. why would you make that change anyway to not introduce more diversity? Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes no sense to me. But um, I think in the, mu- in the musical and in the movie, obviously, you get to see the double-edged sword of being a beautiful woman. So being a beautiful woman is what made the majority of the advisory advisor committee 
be on Elle's corner. They're like, we want her here. She's beautiful. We don't really think about anything besides that. Like, it was very clear. It's like, we're we're really taken by her looks. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want her here. So it got her noticed. And it got her opportunities that she probably wouldn't have gotten if she wasn't, um, like, classically beautiful. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think that also got her a lot of trouble because people always made assumptions about her and didn't take her seriously, which is a big theme throughout the musical. So you can see that beauty definitely has its upsides. And uh, in psychology, it's called the halo effect. People assume good things about you because you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess like that is sort of like the message of the musical too. Like um, what Jitsa said uh, earlier about um, the beauty, like get you kind of like I guess in the door where like gets you some sort of advantage from time to time but mm-hmm. I guess as the musical like continues so not just the characters in the show like change how they perceive Elle mm-hmm. to see beyond just her look but also the intelligence so her personality on all that kind of things and as audience we also get to see that part of her she's hardworking like you don't just you know get the 175 on LSATs because you're good looking you know 179 I don't care okay okay 175 179 (laughs) the musical undershoots Elle's hard work and intelligence big time big time compared to the movie and I that's my biggest criticism actually of the musical and um it's really important to me that when Elle says to Warner when she confronts him later we got here fair and square the exact same way maybe somebody noticed me because I'm beautiful but I got in based on my marks based on my extracurricular based on my recommendations based on my personal essay based on the fact that I was able to rile up everybody in my community to come help me because I'm such a charismatic person and I was able to work hard even though I really like partying and I like doing other things and put away other opportunities in order to succeed and come here and I was able to follow my goals so single-mindedly that I made it here through my own accord and not because of my luck. And I find that the musical really disregards that, even though they did include this line. Even though Elle is beautiful and it did give her opportunities, it's not why she made it to Harvard. If she had very subpar LSAT scores, if she didn't have a 4.0 GPA, and uh, being the leader of a sorority and having all these extracurriculars, starting charity, having a boyfriend and personal and social life, all that kind of stuff, juggling that is really difficult. And she needs to have serious intelligence and like a big personality in order to achieve that and I don't think it get as much it's not as much front and center in a musical especially later on which uh made me really angry (laughs) but um okay that's what's important to me okay we can we can save this um discussion until later when the song comes up yes um but as we as we went on so we cut from here to Elle coming to Harvard and meeting some of, her, uh, some of her fellow classmates in what is known as the Harvard Variations. I really, um, I mean, musically-wise, I don't think too much of it, to be honest. Mm. It's uh, one of the, I guess, songs or the number that I didn't quite enjoy this much. But in terms of the characterization here, like, I really find this pretty interesting and funny, especially Sandeep, I guess. 
Yeah. His accent is hilarious. I just can't. It's so funny. Um, and what's important here is that um, we can see that nobody in the musical, at least, like nobody is willing to show Elle where to go for the class. Um, and Emmett is the only person who's like, okay, well, I'm sure like somebody is willing to help you. Like he already showed that very caring personality mm-hmm. to um, be able to help Elle to find her way around. And I just find that really, really cute. Very, very minor aside. <laughs> I know I have a lot of these here, but very, very minor aside, when Elle introduces herself in the movie, we find out she's a Gemini. My brother is also a Gemini, um, so I like them. And she's also vegetarian. Both her and Bruiser are Gemini and vegetarian. And here, she's only a Gemini. They erased her vegetarianism. Uh, and also, they changed the, the celebrity that um, Elle helped was Cameron Diaz, and here they changed to Beyonce. Um, and I'm guessing by 2007, Beyonce was really, really big. And I guess Cameron Diaz was smaller. Um, so I found that was an interesting change. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. Um, and when Emmett does help Elle, he gives her her academic roster. And he calls her Woods Comet Elle, which we'll, we will go back to. Um, so cute. Just, like Woods Comet Elle. So cute. It's very, very cute. It's adorable. And he repeats it later in his own like song, I guess. Well, not really a song, but, but a song he's heavily featured on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're moving on to Elle's first lecture, and it's with Professor Callahan. So, again, cutting back to the movie, in the musical, they cut a complete character. So the professor that kicked her out of class, Callahan will go ahead and kick her out of class. It was Professor Stromwell, who is a female faculty member, and um, she kicked out of class for not being prepared just like in Mm -hmm. here um and i think i dislike that they cut out the entire character of professor stromwell because i think her character is important to show that you do need female uh, like women in position of power in order to elevate other women and in order to stand up for themselves Mm -hmm. and to motivate them um and in here they completely cut out her character as i mentioned they switched it later on with vivian um and i it's, it's a bit minor because Stromwell is a pretty minor character, I'd say, but uh, I, I think that it's taking away from the importance of having um, role models to look up to that look like you in the area that you're going into. Apart from that, the song Blood in the Water is my favorite. No, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's my favorite in a musical. Um, so the reason why it's my favorite I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so I actually really like the way they changed Callahan. <laughs> so in the movie, Callahan, up until the 11th hour where he like sexually harasses Elle, is a very neutral character. He seems like a relatively nice even. Like he doesn't, we don't see him do anything. Like he accepts Elle seemingly based on her merits. We don't even get a clue that he is a predator mm-hmm. and I think that's very similar to the real world so in the context of the movie it works really really well however I really like over-the-top villains I like them a lot I think like somebody who's unequivocally unequivocally evil are so fun to watch because like there's nothing about them they're just like about a spectacle um so they don't have any like characterization really they're just pure evil um and this song is as classically evil song as you can get and I really enjoyed it. Look for the blood in 
the water Read your Thomas Hobbes Only spineless snobs Will quarrel with the morally dubious jobs Yes, blood in the water Your scruples are a flaw What do you think of it? I didn't enjoy it musically, and um, I guess it just shows that, like you said, a typical villain song um, that introduced the character as like a very, you know, stereotypical, like cruel, heartless lawyer, mm-hmm. and um, he seems like he only cares about his own interest and exactly. um, not so much about like, you know, like. I guess emotionally, he's not as engaging. He like look at only the facts and the benefits, um, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess that that sort of also explains like his actions or like his harassment to L later on because he's only thinking about himself, right? Like what he wants and stuff. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I can kind of see that foreshadowing here in the song, but musically, I didn't really quite enjoy that all that much. I think the musical version of um of the professor definitely is a little bit more interesting than in the movie just because like, he has a little bit more of the personality here and in, in the movie like you don't really see that much of the screen time up until mm-hmm. the fact that he was trying to hit on L. so so yeah yeah in the movie you do see a little bit of screen time like in terms of he seems genuinely supportive of L to an extent by like giving her the like giving her a shot with an internship and uh, siding with her when she made, like, brilliant uh, mock trial argument and stuff like that. So he does seem like a, actually a pretty nice character. And I feel like in the movie, it's very much closer to real life of people, like, being nice to you in the beginning just to get what they want from you. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of an interesting thing in the musical part, um, the actor who plays Callahan uh, was the originated, uh, originally played in falsetto. And the actor who played Emmett took his role later on in the revival of Falsettos. So they got to play the same characters and they get to play her together in the musical. So that's mm-hmm. fun. So yeah, so um, in, the, in, the, in the number, Callahan questions several classmates and he gets to Elle and Elle is unprepared. He asks her a question about the homework and she doesn't know the answer. And then he asks a fellow classmate, Vivian, um, what she thinks he should do in this case. Um, and Vivian says, throw L out of the class. So he throws out L. Um, in the end of the song, L confronts Vivian about the fact that she recommended Callahan to throw her out. She's like, girls have to stick together. Vivian does have a point. She's like, you were unprepared. I didn't make you look foolish. You were foolish by yourself. It wasn't on me. She, she wasn't nice. <laughs> she could have been nice, but she didn't owe L anything. And uh, then Warner runs into L after, like, what happened with Vivian, um, or I guess during what happened with Vivian, and it's revealed that Warner and Vivian are dating. They're not engaged, unlike in the movie. In the movie, they're engaged, and here they're just dating. Okay, so going to the next song, Positive. In here, um, L hears the Greek chorus for the first time, and then, which is an ingenious addition. I love that because you get to see kind of her internal monologue and you get to see it in a very fun and engaging and creative way. Um, and I think it's a really clever way to utilize the characters um, and also like flesh out the personality of the sorority sisters in the form of the Greek chorus. But during the song, like Elle considers several 
ways to attract Warner uh, or several ways that she can overpower Vivian. So like whether it's physically in terms of like, let's punch Vivian's like socks out to I am much more flirty and fun than her. Um, So like trying to like dance and show that side of herself, um, stuff like that. I don't know. I feel kind of conflicted. So Elle will go after Warner in the beginning to try to win him back. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has a girlfriend slash fiance at this point is like, isn't that a bit questionable? I don't think her actions are questionable because, oh. like, like I don't find it too, I guess, morally disturbing that mm. she was trying to win someone back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's like a fair um, competition in a way. So I, I guess in a musical, it makes sense that if they changed um, Warner's relationship with Vivian from engaged to just dating. Um, mm-hmm. But so I yeah, agree. like so it, it doesn't. It's like less weird, I guess. But I but yeah, but in a movie, then it's kind of weird because why would you want to hit on like somebody who's already engaged? But mm-hmm. if it's, like, your ex-boyfriend and you're just trying to prove that you're different now, then I, at least morally, that is not as disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I literally only caught it off the last time I saw the musical, mm-hmm. like, while I was preparing to like for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the other time, it completely, like, I never even question it. So I don't think it's, like, very transgressive because she's not forcing herself on him or trying to break them up actively she's trying to better herself but I think it's still a little bit questionable more so in the movie I agree with you because he's engaged um that she's she is in a way trying to steal somebody else like he was hers but he's no longer hers he's dating somebody else so he's in a committed relationship um so I think it's a little bit like mm, questionable but honestly I've seen it like and listen to it a bunch, and I've only noticed it now. It's not too big of a deal, but it's something that I thought might be interesting to bring up. All right, yes. moving on. <laughs> um, moving on. So Elle is crushed. So um, the last strategy that she had, like while she was conversing, I guess, with the sorority sisters, with the Greek chorus in her mind, was to shake, shake her junk, and Warner left. He wasn't impressed, I guess. And she's like, um, this is not working for me. Um, this is not a way to bring Warner back. He doesn't like that kind of person. Who he likes is a brunette. So she's like, I will go to a salon and I will mm-hmm. change myself to be somebody that Warner would like. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the salon and she meets Paulette and she lets Paulette know, hey, I want to change my hair to brown. Um, please change it for me. And Paulette is like, no, you want a genetic lottery. I think blondes make like 2% of the population. So you don't want a genetic lottery. Don't do this to yourself. What's wrong? Um, how can I help you so you won't have to make this mistake? Which I think is a wonderful thing to do. Like she's really showing that she cares about a random stranger, albeit a customer, that came mm-hmm. to her door. And this is what I, I was talking about. Like the way that earlier on, so um, in the movie L. Happy place is Manny Patty's. In here, the way they made her meet, meet Paulette is wanting to change herself for Warner, which is something that they touched on in the movie, but here they showed it through, like, literally wanting to change her physical appearance for him. And mm-hmm. I think the way that they got her to meet Paulette is very smart here. 
the person who plays Paulette is Orphe, whom I love. So I just wanted to shout out how amazing she is. Like, as I mentioned before, the cast here is above and beyond. Like, Mm -hmm. really Broadway-studded stars. Um, And she sings this amazing, amazing song, Ireland, um, by reflecting about her relationship. Without moving our arms. Yeah. Um, this sounds like sounds really funny in a way. Like she makes a lot of mm-hmm. jokes in the in the song. Um, but actually, I don't know why, but it makes me a little bit sad. Like she appears to be this really funny, um, in a way motivating character. But yes. before she meets Elle, who helped her to eventually get her dog back from her ex-boyfriend, um, she seems pretty depressed in a way to me that she sings lines like I will never see neither places or that there is a party where a guy loves you which is every one of us dream of or things like that mm-hmm. and it just shows that how much um emptiness in a way that she has in her life right now like she thinks that she wants to go to Ireland but she will never go that she mm-hmm. will never have the chance to go to to meet somebody who loves her back like that and things like that. Yeah. It's just pretty, I think it's very realistic, but also mm-hmm. makes me feel really bad for her. So I'm really glad that eventually that this is a comedy, right? So like she has a happy ending in the end, but it just the, the first impression of the song, it might comes off as funny or interesting or whatever. Um, and Paulette might comes off as like a very, bright character goes like yeah you go girl and um and supports her but really she has her own story arc and I love that about her the character especially and I really enjoy the musical version much more than the movie I don't know maybe I have that first impression from the musical and I just love Mm -hmm. the musical version too much but Mm -hmm. I feel that's just how Paulette should be Okay, that's fair. I think they definitely flushed out Paulette here. Like, they gave her the whole Irish background, which never happened in the movie. They gave her one of the most impressive songs in here, uh, which is comedic, but also has a very sad undertones. You get to see later on, she has, like, some pretty serious self-esteem issues and confidence issues, which I find very relatable. Um, Oh, and something really cute here. So, Orfe, um, her husband, uh, plays... Kyle here so they're still together and they played the on-screen couple of Kyle and Paulette and it's so cute it's so adorable yeah right um I I squeed when I like I I read this I was like this is the most adorable thing and I love seeing like couples are still together um I think it's really adorable so at the end of the first part of Ireland um, Elle, like Vivian and her friend enter the salon and they talk about a party and Elle overhears and Bella is like hyping, uh, hyping Elle up she's like see you can go you can fight for him I'll give you my bunny costume and then she reprises the Ireland song with like the climax mm-hmm. um, really impressive part I still think it's so funny when she's like she makes this really weird metaphor and she sings like I have no idea why I said that I just feel Me. like it, I just feel like it needs to be said 
me yes <laughs> whenever um, I talk about anything any tangent like uh, tangent here it's like um I'm not even sure if it makes sense but let's yeah. just put it on the table um <laughs> relatable very very relatable so yeah <laughs> I really love that about her at least she's such a very very charming character so we cut from this to Elle showing up to the party with her iconic bunny costume it's probably the most iconic scene out of the entire musical or movie and musical um so she finds out it's not actually a costume party and Vivian set her up so she marches to Warner she is still full of confidence I would never have had that kind of confidence going in there and still like realizing my mistake I was like wow this girl has some guts you have I would like run away yeah, so she confronts, she doesn't confront her, she, she, she talks to Warner, she's like, oh, you know, we're both at Harvard Law, um, maybe we can still have fun like we had in UCLA, and um, Warner's like, you're actually not meant for Harvard, you're not smart enough, and then she's like, I got here fair and square like you, so she stands up for herself, and uh, we cut again to, to Vivian, then Elle stands up for herself again after what happened with Vivian, so you get to see that she has much more of a spine anyway Vivian sees her she laughs at her she's like ha 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 you fell for my my ruse like look at you you look so dumb (laughs) and um Elle says like oh you know I see that you came dressed up as last year's sample so uh Vivian disses Elle saying she wouldn't last a semester she's not serious she's not smart Elle stands up for herself they took away her iconic line but the comeback they gave her for this was honestly better than that like the iconic line she has in the movie so she like steals somebody's glasses and then she was like um you are actually dissing Gloria Steinem circa 1963 my life as a playboy bunny um and she's like are you calling Gloria Steinem a skink and then that causes a brawl between like Enid who's like (laughs) a feminist and and uh Vivian yeah I I like how her um she's able to stand up for herself the fact that she's so familiar with all the history and all the knowledge behind feminism mm-hmm. like shows just mm-hmm. once more that she is just more than her looks, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, we as audience might not realize that or like the characters in the movie might uh, or the musical might not realize that. But that sort of details just convince you once more that it's not luck. It's not luck. It's just her hard work and her brain intelligence and what she is capable of. And I think it's really important because, like, uh, feminism is something that is touched upon in the in the musical and in the movie, obviously. And uh, importantly, being feminine doesn't mean that you're not a feminist, that you're not smart, that you're not capable. And by cl- calling to Gloria Steinem, who is obviously very beautiful, and she used that to kind of make people rethink feminism because the the idea of feminism is like oh you know they're all ugly they're all fat yeah um, or like some people even say that it's um for women who can't find like a boyfriend or something exactly. but no they can wear lipstick they can wear high heels they can dress up however they like um and it's not for guys it's for themselves so exactly. i like how that's very embodied in this part of the musical i felt like that was very clever intelligent too a hundred percent so I really really enjoyed this okay so we we cut from that it's not I mean it's a it's a reprise of Sirius it's not like very very 
substantial song? Do you have anything yeah. to say about it? I assume we just like talk about I think narratively. We can skip. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so uh, we skip to chip on my shoulder, and that is the that is the point where I have a lot of issues with. There's a chip on my shoulder, and it's big as a boulder. With the chance I've been given, I'm gonna be driven as hell. I'm so close I can taste it, so I'm not gonna waste it. Yeah, there's a chip on my shoulder. You might want to get one as well. Do you want to talk about it so I can unload my issues all at once? (laughs) (laughs) I can sort of um, see what's your issues with it. I personally feel like I'm pretty conflicted um, as well. I see this songs as obviously if you are a movie fan then you feel like this is the song where another dude just comes into Elle's life and steals her self-determination and tells her what Mm. to do when he throws like all her pinky stuff out of her room and tell her Mm -hmm. that okay this is your time to be serious and telling her once more what kind of person you should be um, in order to succeed. So I can totally see people having issues with the song and with, I guess, the what they did with um, Emmett's character here. But yeah. how I see it is very, I guess, on the other side, I see it as making a little bit more sense. Because, yes, in the movie, it's great that Elle kind of got back on her feet all by herself and determined that she's going to study and impress everybody else and prove them wrong. And she got all this motivation by herself and she was able to accomplish all these things by herself, which is great. But I think here, just because that in the end that she did end up dating Emmett and I guess in the musical, they even got engaged. This romantic line would have made much more sense if Emmett came in earlier into the storyline and was the one who kind of helped Elle to see this other side of her because up until this point of the story like Elle was pretty much still very love focused like she goes into the party she goes into the class thinking that she is going to impress Warner and not too much about how she is going to you know be herself or like determine who she is like the her focus in life is still how to get Warner back and I feel like it makes more sense if Emin is the one who comes in tell her that Here's my backstory line, which, by the way, I think is very clever because now there is more character and background and history to the character. So you don't feel like this romantic love line just kind of like throwing at your face. Because I didn't get that chemistry between them in the movie. I feel like Emma was kind of like popping out here and there. Like there wasn't really much of a bond between them or like emotional connection. But here, Emmett introduced... L into his world like where he was struggling to go to school he had to work two jobs he didn't sleep from 1992 and he had to struggle so much to be able to accomplish his dream and buy him mom a big house and that says a lot about his character and how he is coming from a totally different world and being exposed to that sort of world or that kind of background I think helps Elle to eventually like she starts to kind of think more for herself like what kind of person do I want to be knowing that there are other people out there like like Emmett who struggle so much so to me I can see people I guess like Becky having issues with the song because it takes away um the self-determination that girl power of Elle's character but at the same time because it is a love line so I kind of I in my head it makes sense 
that Emmett was the one who comes in and then eventually kind of help Elle grow together. Okay, so there's this other part to it that Elle also introduced Emmett into her world later on um, with a song like Take It Like a Man. And I feel it's just a very interesting and in my mind, a positive change that because they're both now exposed to each other's world that they're able to bond and connect better. Um, but I guess that's just the twist that the musical decided to do and I totally understand if you feel otherwise here you go you can unleash the <laughs> anger and uh, tell me what you think okay so first I acknowledge this does give Emmett background story or backstory which he did not have in the movie in the movie she put much more importance on her friends uh I so that's that's part of the reason why I like that they didn't put a huge focus on the romance because it wasn't necessarily about the romance that wasn't the main focus of the movie that wasn't the main the main theme of the movie unlike most rom-coms but um, I, I agree with that I just okay I just want to add one note saying that oh no, I no just explain, explaining as to why like in the movie the fact that it wasn't the main plot was important to me or like I like that it wasn't the main plot and I understand here they want to shift it to a main plot and this is why I think it's a, not as good of an idea. By making Elle not internally motivated to pursue her education for the education's sake, for, succe- for succeeding sake, or for revenge even, to show them that she is capable, that's taking a lot of her agency and it, give it, it gives the Emmett as a man her agency for her he's like you're doing this wrong and I'm going to explain to you what you're doing wrong I'm going to have the realization that you had for yourself in the movie in the movie after a scene with Warner she's like I'm never going to be good enough for you am I and she realizes immediately after that Warner and I are not going to work out um and her focus shifts completely from like oh you know study a little bit to get Warner's attention to I want to study for myself because it's not going to work out with Warner. So Warner is completely off the table at this point, And that's why the shift to her own um, internal motivation is so strong here. That's why she's like, I'm going to show everybody because I've been disrespected my entire life because I'm pretty. And in here, Emmett is like, um, you haven't cracked open your books. You have all these beauty paraphernalia that I'm going to throw straight to the trash for you. And I'm going to teach you how um, how to study, essentially, which is bringing it to his world. But Elle, as I mentioned, all throughout this is very capable by herself. She would have never been able to get to where she is without being t- capable, without having study habits and motivations. So she knows how to study. She just needs to kick it up a notch. And that's what she does in the movie. And in here, she doesn't. So it's really diminishing it. Um, musically, I really like the song. So the song takes like a, a, um, a pretty lengthy period. It takes from like before Thanksgiving until after Christmas. And this is like the montage of Elle becoming a better person and learning. And uh, Emmett is there by her side throughout the entire time coaching her. Um, up until Christmas... Elle still tries to go after Warner. He's not erased from her memory. And she has to tell, she has to be told that he is the obstacle to her success. Not because she realized it for herself, because a man told her. I think you're, I don't know, like, I didn't read 
to it as much as you do. I don't feel like this is taking away um, Elle's credits. If anything, I feel like this is, it makes the relationship with Emmett a lot more meaningful, really, because like it's a partnership. It's not a blind love that the raw emotion that she's been chasing in the story. I feel like you're seeing this as like Emmett led her to become who she is. But really, but I feel like this, at least the vibe I got from the musical, is that Elle is able to do it by herself, but Emmett is just there on the side to support her. Emmett coaches her every single time, even when like she has big moments. For example, like um, the scene when she gets pulled at her dog back, he goes ahead and reminds her, Elle, they've been together for 10 years. What does that mean? And she's like, oh, yeah, they've been together for 10 years. It's common law marriage. Um, it's not necessarily because he's a man, though. It doesn't matter because there is intentionality behind it, I feel. So while I agree, it's good to give him more characterization. They could have done it in a different way. Yeah, I don't even think that like, oh, they shouldn't have given him anything. They totally could have, but they could have done it in a in a way that was more thoughtful. Okay. Um, okay. And I think we can move on to the next song. Yeah. So the next song is Run Rufus Run slash I'll Reflect. So, um, okay. So this is, I guess, what we talked about right before when I, when I tried to conceptualize it. So Ellen Paulette Paulette meet and, uh, in, with the intention of getting Paulette her dog back and Emmett was there. So, um... At first, Paula tries to go by herself and ask Judy for the dog back. He's like, she's like, it's Rufus's birthday. Please give him this cake. It's his, like, give him to me. And he's like, nope. Um, so Elle tries again. She's like trying to convince him that she's a lawyer. And Emmett is like, hey, um, they've been together for 10 years. It's common law marriage. And then Elle like reiterates that. And they get um, Paula at her puppy back. Elle gets an epiphany, which I think was really good addition of why law matters. And this is not something they had in the movie. And I think it's really, really important that they added it here. Cool. Um, so the next song is tied for my uh, for my favorite. I really, really enjoy it. It's uh, so much better. So um, we cut to um, hearing about the Wyndham tr- uh, murder trial. So this is the first time we hear about it. Callahan decided to recruit... New st- like the students internship early uh, to help him with the case and he posts the four students that he decided to select for the internship um, and Warner and Vivian make it and also um, Warner proposes to Vivian after this and Vivian accepts and Elle reflects she's obviously very sad about it and then um, she sees that her name is on the list and she's like actually this is so much better than anything you could have given me. So this is actually the point where she gets over Warner on like the party scene, which is what happened in the original movie. She gets over Warner here. Yeah, there's just something that's just so empowering about the song. It's all about discovering how your own um, self-worth is better than anything any guy can ever give you. And it's about going out and making something of yourself instead of waiting around for a man like Warner to make you happy about yourself. So I think this is the song where like this is the moment that makes Legally Blonde wonderful as a movie, as a musical, as an anything. 
And I honestly just love her saying <laughs> when it says um, it's like making love to you all night, but no way it feels so much better because yeah. it's her discovering that self-achieved ambitions can be much, much more fulfilling than the romance. And mm-hmm. the self-esteem here is so important. The love is not the only thing that Elle feels proud and confident about anymore. And um, losing Warner's love like used to make her feel like she's worth nothing. But this is a turning point when um, she's turning into, I guess, a more mature character development in the future as mm-hmm. well. So really like that change here. I think musically it's nice. I like the the melody of it. Uh, <laughs> I think the singer, uh, well, like the actors, like really did a good job here. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think musically it's like one of the best. I really like it. Not mm-hmm. only is like it meaningful in terms of the plot, but it also has a banger of a melody. Like it's really, really good. Um, yeah. And I think it's like a perfect close to the first act. Mm-hmm. So um, after the first first act is done, we open with Whipped Into Shape. Such an impressive song. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really impressed by just how physically she's able to jump rope and sing at the yeah. same time. That's just, that's insane. Like, I can never do that. I used to actually jump rope last year a lot. Oh. And I, I would die. I would <laughs> honestly die if I had to sing and jump at the same time for so long, too. So super impressive how she's able to accomplish that. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's my main thing. Like, it's a pretty fun song, I'm not gonna lie. So essentially, like, um, all the law team congregates together and they play one of uh, Brooke's tapes. Brooke is, like, a fitness in- instructor. And in the song, it's pretty comedic because um, it's ambiguous of, like, whether Brooke is murderous or not, <laughs> essentially. So she has, like, very... Um, like, she has a lot of lines that have, like, double meaning and could be taken very violently or, like, just pretty... Um, uh like innocuous and um so uh brooke is accused of murdering her husband her husband is significantly older than her and they think essentially brooke is a gold digger which is uh another thing that they say about like women if if you see a woman that is like with a man who is significantly less good looking than her uh but he's wealthy they're like oh she's in she's in for the money only um that's it and in this case like she's actually really in love with him so mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Okay, and then we go to, like, tiny, tiny things. Um, so they all try to convince Brooke to tell them her alibi. Elle does get Brooke's alibi. Uh, Brooke had liposuction, which would ruin her career if people would know. And she promises Brooke not to reveal her alibi to the team. Mm-hmm. So the entire team tries to convince her to give the alibi, including Warner. And Warner is like, who cares if you give her your word? It doesn't matter. It, like, it's advantageous for you if you um, tell us what her alibi is because you can get um, you can get a position out of it. And uh, uh, Elle refuses. So in the movie, it's actually a very important point because this is a point where Vivian is like, Warner ain't shit. Like, he is... Uh, he's so willing to backstab people for his benefit. And that's when she realizes like, oh, maybe Warner doesn't love me that much. Like maybe I'm just an appearance for him. Um, so it's actually a very pivotal moment. But in the in the musical, it's not much. But um, yeah, Callahan comes hard on Emmett what, because he put Emmett in charge of getting the alibi. Um, and he 
he kind of lashes out on him based on his appearance. In this case, we get to see like they each face prejudice, and that's what groups them together to an extent, which I really like. And he kicks them both out for the day. So um, Elle apologizes to Emmett, and Emmett gets frustrated. He's like, um, I don't want you to be sorry. I want you to tell them the alibi. And Elle argues that by doing that, she would like jeopardize the client trust and all that kind of stuff and her own integrity. And she takes the time to convince Emmett, which I think is really nice. I think it's like a good exchange between the two characters. I guess at this point, like you can see that Emmett is always very respecting of Elle. And uh, sure. when Elle like mentions that this is the integrity of the lawyer that we should be, you know, holding ourselves accountable for, um, he backs off, right? Like he understands, exactly. he respects that. And um, I think this is why I think the relationship or the connection between the two of them is really meaningful is because they're able to grow and learn from each other a lot. So it's mm-hmm. not like a one-sided, a man teaching a woman like who she should be, but instead like Elle at this point, like she teaches Emmett in a way that he's also able to grow and learn. So I think in that sense, I find this scene very meaningful. Exactly. Yeah. So we go to Take It Like a Man. So um, Elle realizes that Emmett faces prejudice based on how he looks, just like she is, but in the opposite spectrum. And she's like, nobody respects you because you're in a hoity-toity environment and you're dressed not to the nines. Um, Let me take you to a department store and give you a makeover. I really like makeover montages. I I love (laughs) the makeover narrative, personally. So um, I I actually like this song narratively a lot. I don't like... Like, this song is pretty meh musically for me. But uh, you get to see, like, oh, this is when Emmett really starts falling in love with her. Like, this is their kind of romantic moment song. Okay. Well, this is actually my favorite. And I uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um I one really cute small thing that I picked up from the song is when Elle said that you can think out of a guy that you want most to be. And Emmett later on comes out of the um dressing room saying that I look like Warner. So in this it was case, my favorite moment too. It's so it's cute. So cute that he wants to be water. The man that L is well or was in love with. Um, and the other thing that I picked up from the song is that you know towards the end, um, when they're like singing to each other, he leans in for a kiss at the end of the song, but she hugs him instead. And I just thought that was I so cute. That. Yeah, it was so cute. You you gotta rewatch it. Um, I should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just every everything about the song to me is so cute. And um personally my favorite part is when Emmett said that he looks like Warner, but it's just him. Yes, and you yes. can you can see that he is a little bit not too confident, like his self-esteem's not high. Mm-hmm. Then he unbuttoned the blazer. Like going back to I guess the less sharp look, um, and the more street style. And L later on responded saying, "Yes, the outside is new, but now it reflects what's 
already in you. So I this is a beautiful my- moment. I, I love, love that. that. And and um, I think that's yeah. the best message of this musical is that they are able to see the beauty in each other beyond just the outside. Like mm-hmm. Amen is able to see Elle for who she really is and beyond just the the dumb blonde that everybody else tend to think that she is just that. And Elle, on the other hand, doesn't take Emmett just from the outside, like he's like a poor, well, like not presentable, whatnot. She's able to see Emmett for his loving, caring personality and like the beauty inside of him. And I think that's just so great. Like it's really, really wonderful to be able to see that sort of, um, I guess, exchange. The message of don't judge a book by its cover is just so well presented in this song oh, so totally. i really totally. like it it's a very adorable like it's very adorable to see the other thing that you should pay, uh, pay attention to is um when so towards the end of the song when he was um changing back to his original clothes he was saying mm-hmm. like i like her plan or something so oh, when yes, l yes. like looks at him he looks away it was like so cute that's exactly oh, that's the reaction you would have if you're falling in love with somebody <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like bashful and stuff. Yeah, That's so, so cute. Um, they're one of the cutest couple, really. Yeah. But moving from this song, moving on, yeah, to my favorite couple, which are Paul and Ka- Paulette and Kyle. So this, the the next part is Kyle the Magnificent, and um, Paulette paints Elle's nails for the trial, and they gossip about Emmett, and then it's like, oh, speaking of guys, uh, Kyle the UPS guy enters. I don't know um, if you noticed, but like Elle, because she signed uh, the package for a palette, she purposely mm-hmm. hid the pen so he would come back. I don't know if you picked that up in a musical. I did it! Oh my god! It was so I funny. I totally, oh my god. I really, wait, is this in the musical or the movie? In the musical. Okay, I totally should rewatch it again. Oh my god, it's telling me all these little Easter eggs I don't I don't pick up on. <laughs> yeah, but she was completely stunned. She couldn't talk to Kyle, and Kyle walks out. Oh my god, he's really good. He's like, he yeah, do me a favor, have yourself a super day, and then out he walks. <laughs> oh my god, and um, so I'll like, encourage Paulette to talk to Kyle, and um, Paulette was like, no, there's no way I could talk to that guy. And this is when um, the, I guess, Elle's friends showed up. And, oh, my God, when Paulette said, I see dead people. It's just too funny. It's hilarious. But, yeah, so she sees, like, Elle's Greek chorus. Yeah, one of the the Greek chorus uh, girls, like, the main one, I guess, for this song, like, the cheerleader. She notices that Paulette suffers from, like, low self-esteem. And she doesn't have much confidence. And she tries to convince Paulette that she has everything necessary to get a guy she just needs to like take the initiative and try to fake the confidence mm-hmm. and throughout the song Paulette gains her confidence back which was so adorable to see Yeah, well, honestly, I didn't really quite like the song all that much. Um, I think the part when they emphasize so much on the physical, like showing off your panties and stuff, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. that's just me. And I get, like, they're trying to celebrate that, maybe, but it's just, for me, it was a little bit, uh-uh. And, yeah, but I guess, like, in the end, it's, like, Paulette's confidence boost, like, you know whatever but 
um, just that part makes me didn't enjoy the song as much. But mm-hmm. I guess by the end of the song, you see like Kyle comes back for the pen, and Paulette accidentally broke his nose. Moving on to that song. That song, I probably the most famous song in the musical. Um, so the next song is "There, Right There." So the team is um, in court and they cross-examine Nikos uh, in the third day of the trial. Um, so Nikos is the pool boy and um, he is alleging that he had an affair with Brooke and that gives Brooke motive to murder her husband. After like Nikos say that he had an affair with Brooke, uh, Callahan is really, really mad and he's calling for recess to rethink the team strategy, like how to attack this now. So Paulette calls Elle right after this. And she lets her know that, like, even though she broke Kyle's nose, they, like, still got together closer. Uh, they, they had some quality time because they spent, like, four hours in the ER and the ambulance. Um, and during the phone conversation, Elle accidentally drops her folder. And she bends to pick it up while Nico was in the vicinity. And he wasn't impressed. He didn't, like, look especially interested in her after picking the file and accidentally doing the bend. It's not because of that. So she tried replicating that twice again and noticing the same lack of reaction. A good scientist always tried to replicate. Um, And she figures out that way that he's not straight because this move is effective 99.9% of the time. Um, so I think that was a really smart thing to do. I love that they added that because it makes the bend and snap much more relevant to the story in a way that is like relevant to the main story, aka to Mm -hmm. Elle, rather than just Paulette. And they rely on something that is allegedly proven science, um, rather than just like in the movie, he notices her shoes are a designer brand and he calls it out. Um, And that's how she figured it out. And this is like an ingenious way to sort it out and make the bend and snap that they just think about much more relevant. Yeah. And then uh, Al shared this discovery with the rest of the team. So they're trying to determine if um, Nicole is indeed gay or not. Gay or foreign fella, the answer could take weeks. They both say things like ciao bello while they kiss you on both cheeks. Oh please, gay or European, so many shades of gray. Depending on the time of day, the French go either way. Is he gay or European? So the Callahan points out that a lot of the mannerism of uh, gay people are shared by European because they are brought up differently in Europe and they're like they are not as rigid in terms of like what's masculine and what's feminine. So um, they're trying to figure out based on his mannerism, like Nico's mannerism, whether uh, his behavior fits with the gay stereotype or the European stereotype. And uh, that's really funny. But the other Easter egg that I picked up from the scene actually was, um, so just before Emmett asks him the question about his boyfriend's name, he actually walks in front of Nico and he like pulls his hand into his pocket and show a little bit of his ass like underneath the blazer. So actually <laughs> Nico was staring at him while he was oh answering the God. question. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't paying much attention to the question. That's why he accidentally said, oh, Carlos, and in a way, indirectly give away the fact that he's gay. What? I never noticed that. Oh, my God. I Okay, wow. You're giving me so many, like, <laughs> like Easter eggs. I'm baffled. Yeah, but like, in terms oh, of just... the song itself, I'm not sure what Europeans would think about the song. Like, is this offensive? Like, do, you, do they get 
do they feel like it is making them uncomfortable being compared to you know the the ways of living or like some of the habits but um I, let us know yes let us know comment and share your thoughts <laughs> um yeah neither of us are european neither of us can comment um exactly. sorry nico is a He's gay in the end, so, um, in, like, dancing and shenanigans ensues. It's a very fun song. Um, like, it's very comedic. The, the point yes. is to be fun. And uh, we move on to the next song, Legally Blonde. So Callahan praises Emmett. And Emmett uses this position of, like, um, being gratified to elevate Elle by giving her the credit that she's due because Callahan didn't point out initially. And I really think it's important to have that somebody who's willing to like elevate you, like acknowledge you as a person. And I, I thought it was really heartwarming. Um, and then Warner tries to diminish Elle's accomplishment. And then Callahan also stands up for Elle and makes Warner get his coffee for him. So he I actually mis- like that little change here. So in the movie, it's always Vivian who got ordered to get his coffee. But here, Warner Ashley was the one um, who was um, bringing the coffee. So it's not a stereotypical woman's job anymore. So that's just a little thing that I picked up and thought it worth a shout out. Oh, for sure. Because I think, like, the reason why he gave Vivian... Vivian, like, fetched it ten times or something in the movie. We don't mm-hmm. know if she's the only one. But um, the reason why he does that is because it shows that he doesn't value the person. And that's that's exactly, like, the shift in terms of, like, gender as well. Um, and from this really nice moment for Callahan, <laughs> we get um, Elsa is behind because Callahan asks her to, and then they have a tiny little bit of conversation when Elle thanks him for uh, giving her the opportunity, and uh, Callahan forcibly kisses Elle, um, and Warner and Vivian see this and quickly leave, uh, but they leave before they see Elle slap Callahan immediately. No, actually, Vivian saw Elle slap him. Oh, did she? Okay, I missed yeah. that. I think that makes a lot more sense because I was like, why does Vivian stand up for Elle yeah. later on? And um, I don't know how I feel about it, essentially, because in here it's really violent. Like, I felt so uncomfortable watching it. In the in the movie, he like he's very flirtatious with her and he touches her on her thigh. Obviously very inappropriate and obviously it's workplace violence. Uh, but in here, it's more over the top. Like, he takes her face and he smushes his mouth on her. And it's very clearly not consensual and violent. And, I think it's um, because for the purpose of um, being able to let the audience see sees that the Vivian and Warner will be able to see it. Because if it's just putting her his hand on her lap, then mm. from the angle of how the stage is set, like they wouldn't be able to see the harassment that went on. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But seeing it, like seeing it, is really um, disconcerting. It's like very shocking to me to see something that is so violent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I felt very like discombobulated after this. Yeah, very um, uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable, for sure. It was really gross. But, um, yeah, yeah, so so Elle confronts him, obviously, and Callahan dismisses Elle after this. And um, on her way out, Elle sees Emmett, and uh, she tells Emmett that uh, Callahan tried to uh, hit on her, and um, she's leaving. And we see Emmett is really grappling with uh, his feelings for Elle. And I'm not sure, maybe you can tell me, um... I'm not sure if uh, Emmett only reflects internally on his love for Elle or he confesses to Elle. I think at this point that he confesses. But the other thing that I 
the the song Legally Blonde really gets me is because they switch roles here. Like, I think it used to be Emmett who's kind of, I guess, negative about himself. And you see Elle, like, kind of support him and be, like, the positive positivity, like, around him. But now Mm -hmm. it's, like, they switch roles. And it always kind of breaks my heart because you can just see how much Emmett really wanted her to stay. And um, the, the, the song is just... Musically, I think it's beautiful and it's so sad too. Um, you know, from a, from the nature of the the plot like this, like you would kind of assume the song, like the song of the musical, would be you no know, hype. But actually, <laughs> in this very first period of Legally Blonde, like it's such a sad moment. It's like a down moment, even more so than um, when Wanna broke up with her, because now like Elle feels like all the things she accomplished for herself. It's actually, it, in the end, it all goes back to her luck. And, and that's the very thing that she was trying to prove wrong, right? Or, like, trying to prove mm-hmm. different. Um, so, in terms of her self-esteem, like, I feel so bad for her. Um, broke my heart, too, to see her um, feeling like she doesn't belong here anymore. And she should just go back to the world that she knew the best. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like... It, all this contrast with the 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 reprise, I guess, when Vivian and everybody else stood up for her and they encouraged her to go back, which is such a nice moment. And that's the that's the kind of vibe and the hype that I was <laughs> looking for or expecting um, when I saw the song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's a really heartbreaking song. Mm-hmm. It's a very difficult song to hear. It's the like moment where she gives up and. I can absolutely see like something that would really screw you over. And so, yeah, in the remix, uh, uh, the Legally Blonde remix, we get to see Elle coming to Paulette to say goodbye before she leaves. And uh, Vivian is in the background and she convinces Elle to stay by saying that she supports her. I really love the fact that Vivian sees the assault and supports Elle instead of just like assuming right away that she was trying to sleep her way to the top. And this mm-hmm. is such a good change from the movie, in my opinion. I really love, love, love the fact that they gave this part to Vivian instead of um, the other female professor character that was in the movie. Especially like when she says that, Elle, you're my new muse. And it really just sells that um, female empowerment for Vivian. And having her singing the Legally Blonde part in this remix, I think this is such an incredible choice. It really shows that she really does admire Elle and is rooting for her at the end. So that sort of friendship development to me is incredible. And I totally want to give credits to the musical for doing that. And the other thing I want to point out um, in the song, the remix, is the I really love the use of Legally Blonde in this musical. Like, the term itself, it starts off as a really degrading name that Callahan mm-hmm. gives her. And you can tell that in the previous song that she was ashamed of it. But then in this remix, she totally owns it, which is 
fantastic. I just really mm-hmm. love that transformation. I think the issue you have with Emmett in the movie, I have with Vivian in the musical. So I think like this change to be her friends is out of nowhere it takes a long time to develop friendship and it's like oh you know I support her I could see her supporting her but I don't see her being over the top friendly like she is in the musical here without having built up beforehand especially when we know that she's such a reserved person um but I could see where you're coming from um but yeah apart from that like it's a very empowering moment vivian hands like a dark blue suit and then like we have like a bait and switch kind of thing like and she goes into the supply closet to change into like a hot pink like blazer suit outfit and it's also very iconic and it shows uh her authenticity and um we also see that brooke fires callahan and hires Elle, and uh emmett sticks up to her again so the next scene or the next song is scene of the crime so um, as the uh, as the attorney, I guess, Elle calls Chutney Wyndham, who is Brooke's stepdaughter and the uh, daughter of the deceased or the murdered husband, as her first witness. Chutney over and over sa- again says she was in the shower and that's why she couldn't hear about the murder. And um, Elle asks her, what did she do before she entered the shower? Did she see anybody suspicious lurking around? And she's like, no, I got a perm. And then I immediately went to the shower. Elle uses her knowledge about femininity to know that this is something that is impossible because if she got a perm, she needs to wait 48 hours before taking a shower. So she knew she was lying. And then Elle is trying different tactics um, to examine Chutney until she admits that she's lying and confessed to the crime. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, Okay, moving on. So the next one is a remix of Oh My God, You Guys. So everyone reacts to Chutney's confession. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the musically, oh my god, you guys remix is not is not much. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, we go to Find My Way slash the finale. So Elle almost kisses Emmett, but he he stops her because he saw that Warner wants to talk to Elle, and he decided to back out because he thinks that this might give Elle her happiness back because she was so obsessed with Warner in the beginning. Um, And even if he doesn't involve him, he's happy for her. And I thought that was the cutest moment. I was so happy that he did that. It shows like so much self-sacrifice and it's such a humanizing moment for Emmett. Um, I really enjoy that. Yeah. The other thing, I don't know if you picked up, is Elle Woods and Emmett Forrest. Look at the last day. They're just know. made for each other. It oh, is. so cute. All right. It Sorry. Is. Yes. Um, yeah. And then Warner proposed to Elle, but Elle, like, <laughs> her reaction is so different from the movie. In the movie, like, she kind of just tells him harshly, like, I need somebody serious. No, thank you. And she she leaves. Um, but here, I feel like they have a more genuine moment. Yeah. And um, she actually thanked Warner for leaving her and giving her this chance to grow. Um, and they hug each other, which I think is, I like this arrangement in the musical a lot more. I feel, just because, like I said earlier, I feel like Warner isn't a villain ca- type of character, and he isn't a totally heartless jerk in the musical. So I feel like they deserve um, a friendly ending. Yeah, I think it's actually a very cute moment. Like, I like the fact that she's really compassionate towards um, Warner, and she's like, She's sympathetic towards him and he's, she's trying to be understanding and rejecting him in a very mild way. 
Yeah, so um, after that, we have the finale song, which kind of just um, is a graduation of the law school. And um, before Elle comes up to, I guess, give her speech, we learn from Paulette that at the ending of every character, pretty much, that Vivian yes. is working in the Peace Corps. And, um, and Paulette and Kyle got married and have two kids now. And Warner quit in the musical, unlike the movie. Um, and he decided to pursue a modeling career. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that because it's like exactly what he criticized Elle for being. Throughout the entire musical, like, oh, you're not smart enough. You only care about your looks. And then he goes for modeling. And I really hope that will teach him that you can be really smart. Like, he still got into Harvard Law, you know. He's a smart Mm -hmm. guy. And he went to modeling, focusing on his looks because it makes a lot more money. It's a smart financial decision. So I like that they change it like this. I think it's cute. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Apart from that, Callahan ran for governor, and he was defeated, and he's also getting divorced. And Elle proposes to Emmett, which is so cute. Um, I know. To me, that is such a power move that she really, really changed, and she is, like, a totally different woman, and she is able to, you know, be proactively looking out, um, not looking out, but, like, she is proactive, and she's not waiting around for men to, you know, exactly. make the decision for them anymore. It's so cute. Oh, my God, I can't. And Emmett looks so touched. If yes. anything, I love the fact that he is not, like, he's not, like, ashamed or he's not embarrassed or about, like, you know, worrying about his, um his like, manlyhood or anything. Like, if anything, he's just totally, totally excited. And I he's love touched. that. Yeah. He's touched. And I, I thought it was really heartwarming. Very, very cute. Um, musically, honestly, it's my least favorite. It's kind of bad, but it's yeah. really Yeah, <laughs> it's not much. Exactly. So this is Legally Blonde, the musical and the movie, I guess. <laughs> um, so I guess the themes that they touched upon, like, mainly here is, like, obviously they don't judge a book by its cover. Um, I think kindness was a really big theme, even more so in the musical, um, with how, like, for example, she treated Warner in the end. Uh, believing yourself and work hard for what you believe in, despite whatever other people think, and obviously feminism. All right, so let's go to our final rating. Claire, enlighten us. I will say I'll give it a 9. Out of? 10. Out of? 10 snaps. Oh, that's a good one, that's a good one. Um, I agree with you, I concur. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Gemini, Vegetarian, L, and Bruiser Woods. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think we get the point now, Becky. I, I think I'm gonna point out if a character is vegetarian every single time. Uh, I swear to god, Claire can attest I am not like a crazy vegan or a crazy vegetarian. Claire, back, back me up here. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, that is exactly what Becky's like. If you Thank see you that one person in real life, you'll probably recognize her. <laughs> All right, so I think that pretty much wraps us up for the discussion today. And um, for those who also watched the movie or musical or both, or if you haven't, go watch it. And yep. um, let us know what you think, if you agree or disagree with some of the things we said, or if we miss any more Easter eggs or details, let us know by commenting or sending us this message. You can send us the messages on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit under the name podway podcast thank you perfect all right thank you all for listening and i will see you in the next episode bye bye